Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, and we have a cool episode for you today. We are going to be answering a question um, from someone who wrote in asking about boutique practices. So I have Dr. Alex Pancoke on. We are going to tackle this thing um, as what I consider a high volume doc. Like I definitely don't hold back on asking some of the hard questions. I think you're in for a great fun episode. Uh, before we do that, though, you guys, I have been waiting to tell you this story for at least a month now. I had to hold off because, um, you know, I wanted to be respectful of the amount of time in between this story happening and the potential that this person might listen to the podcast. I don't think they will, but I can't hold it back anymore. You need to hear this. Okay, so we have recently hired a, another full-time CA or front desk person. And in the hiring process, you know, so I told you a couple weeks ago what our process is, right? So go back, listen if you have questions. So we have gotten to the point in the hiring process where we're doing sit downs. So I'm reading this resume. This chick sent in this email. It was so fun and full of life. And we're all like super excited. We did like a little mini thing. My office manager was like, she's amazing. I'm in love with her. So I'm like, great. So she sits down. We have like this half hour long conversation. She ran a chiropractic clinic for seven years. They had um, they ended up moving towns otherwise she would still be working there and they built their dream home now and so you know she would love to find some part-time work so we are like I am like so in love with everything she's saying I am like willing to beg her to work full-time for me um, all three of us Kirby my office manager and I are just on the edge of our seats for this entire interview just going oh my gosh she's perfect she's amazing we love her all of a sudden, like, so one of the last questions in the in-person interview is what is your experience with chiropractic? So um, with her, we'd been talking about how she was in a chiropractic clinic for seven years and loved, um, loved the guy she worked for so much. And oh, he also retired. That was also part of it. So I go, oh, well, all right. So this last question, I mean, I'm assuming you've, your experience with chiropractic, you've been adjusted before. 
right? I am holding back at this point from offering her the damn job. The fact that I even asked this question this way of like, well, you've been adjusted was just pure God intervention. She goes, no, I've never actually been adjusted. My jaw drops to the floor. I go, you, I'm like trying to like salvage like my facial expressions. And I'm like, you worked at a, for a chiropractor for seven years and was never adjusted. And she said, yeah, I know. I was just too scared. So then I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So she goes, but my kids got adjusted. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So then in my, in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, this is potentially salvageable. Nope. It gets worse. She goes, yeah. And, um, you know, I had worked for him and seen him, the doctor adjusting so many times that I, uh, learned how to do it. I, you know, watched what he did. And so I would actually just adjust my kids at home. And if they, um, you know, if they were still complaining after a couple of adjustments, then I knew, you know, they must be really bad. And I needed to bring them in to see the doctor, the chiropractor that she worked for. You guys, you could hear a pin drop in the room. All of the energy was sucked out. And so we're just like, okay. And so she kind of tried like, well, I mean, I would maybe be open to trying it finally. You know, um, I think she could tell that like, oh, that was not the right answer. And um, yeah, so we're like, okay, well, we're still, you know, interviewing lots of people. We'll call you. And she left. And as soon as the door shut, we're just like, no fucking way. Oops, sorry. Earmuffs. Like, I I know. Here's the deal. If I had a guarantee that somebody was going to work for me, they don't have to have ever been adjusted. But, like, I wish there was a legal way for me to tell them, like, you will have to be adjusted as part of the job. Like, and you, you, I don't think that's legal. I don't know if it is like it because it's health stuff. But like, if I'm Nike and you show up to my interview dressed in an Adidas matching tracksuit and we're like, oh yeah, I don't really like the way Nike fits my body. I'm like, well, I don't think this is going to work then. And I just know too much that like, I would, I would have to fire her. Like if I hired her and she tried chiropractic and she's like, mm, not for me, I'd be like, okay, well, we're going to find a legal reason to fire you then because I can't, I can't, I can't like you, you got to rep, you got to rep what we're selling, right? Oh my gosh, you guys, it was, it was the biggest train wreck or like 180 I think I've ever had in an interview. Quite sad. But we did find someone great, just so you know. So God knew what he was doing, but I just have been waiting to tell you all this. Okay, so anyways, today, um, before we jump into who we have on, let's do our listener highlight. This is from Dr. Alyssa, and it says, truth bombs, five stars. It says, Dr. Lauren is honest, hilarious, and totally authentic, and sometimes tells stories that she shouldn't. No, she didn't write that part. I just said it. Uh, she inspires Lady Kairos to be true to themselves and drop some powerful truth bombs about life and practice. As a mom of three, almost four, ooh, you must be prego. Congrats, Alyssa. Business owner and pregnancy pediatric chiropractor of 10 years, I am learning business and practice tips that are transcending my practice and life to a new level. Thank you for sharing your knowledge, Dr. Lauren. Keep slaying the day. Yay! That was an awesome highlight thanks Alyssa that's 
that was really sweet. <laughs> like, thank you for taking the time to write that. Um, and anytime, you know, if you guys are going to go write an Apple podcast review, I am going to make sure it gets it gets read. Now, that being said, some of you may know, and this I'm speaking all to like true fangirls. You've listened to all hundred and whatever episodes. I don't even know how many episodes we have. Is this 106? I don't know. Um, if you have written an Apple podcast review and you have been just like patiently waiting, like one day I'm going to be the listener highlight and I have not read it. Will you just like screenshot it and send me a DM or an email? Because I, my ADD did not allow for any sort of organization when it came to reading off reviews. Um, so that means that I don't really know who we've read and who we haven't. I know we have like 120 some reviews and only have like 106 ish or 105 ish episodes. So somewhere along there, somebody's freaking reviewed and get read and I want that to happen. So reach out to me if you're like me, me, you haven't read my review. I am waiting. Let me know. Okay, so today on the podcast, let's move on with our lives and get to the interview. I have Dr. Alex Pancoke, um, and she says, hey, I'm Alex or Dr. Mama Bird. She's a wife, a boy mom, a entrepreneur, a mom boss, a vitalistic chiropractor, a childbirth educator, a VBAC queen, and the lover of all things wellness. Most importantly, she's a woman with the heart to serve others and and help them step into their gifts and power. She opened a low volume boutique style practice in the middle of a pandemic and in the first month was profitable. Not even 12 months later, she 3X'd her practice, retired her Cairo hubby from his associate position and made a six figure business with a 50% profit margin, all while practicing part time. So she's awesome. Um, after our interview, she wanted to clarify something. So I'm going to clarify it right now. While we're talking, she talks about the fact that her overhead is 5000 a month. What she forgot to say is that 2560 of that monthly uh, overhead is her base salary. And then in addition to that, um, based on numbers, she will do extra um, draws for like based on commission and things like that. So she wanted to make sure that she clarified. So you weren't thinking like, holy moly, 5,000 before she even starts getting paid. That's a lot of money. It is if you're trying to keep low overhead. And she really emphasizes that low overhead is really key and essential to a successful boutique practice. So I'm excited. Okay. Because when I got this question, I was like, I don't know. Every time I Every time I've heard of a boutique practice, I have so many questions like, how much money are you making? How much time are you spending? How much are you charging? And so when I got the question, I'm like, well, I'm just going to wait and see who shows up to answer this one because I'm obviously not qualified to answer it. Um, and so when Dr. Alex kind of showed up, I said, like, I'm going to ask you questions like we're not going to like beat around the bush. Hey, you guys, I just said a colloquialism correctly. Beat around the bush. Um and we're going to go there. Side note, do you guys know that nip it in the bud is actually the phrase? It's not nip it in the butt. 
like B-U-T-T, like your butt. Um, no, it's nip it in the bud. Now that I've told you that, I will let you know that I say that correctly all day long. As a chiropractor, I'll say like, you know what, let's just do an extra boost this week just to nip this in the bud so it doesn't turn into a bigger issue. Can I tell you, I actually prefer nip it in the butt. Every time I say nip it in the bud, there is a microsecond thought that flashes through my head that goes like, ah, I wish it was nip it in the butt. I think nip it in the butt just is better. Um, but I do say it correctly. It's like one of the only phrases I say correctly. Um, and every time I do it, I'm like, mm, nip it in the butt's better. But here we are. Are you allowed to just change? No, because then people would think like, oh, she doesn't know what the correct phrase is and she's saying it wrong and then I would look stupid and God knows I am worried about looking stupid just not in front of you guys maybe in front of my patients all right speaking of God let's pray and get on with this dear God thank you so much for a variety of ways to practice this cool ass profession we call chiropractic um I love powerful women who are stepping up in this time that we are in and saying there is another way to do this there is another version of success or there's just another way to get to that same version of success that all of those people for the last decades have been like planting these seeds saying like, this is the only way to be a successful chiropractor. This is the only way because it is not for everyone. And I have seen through conversations with the WDC, the Women Chiropractic Association, that like, if we continue to think that there is only one version of a successful, profitable chiropractor, we're not all built that way. We're not all built to spend three minutes with a patient, five minutes with a patient. Um, our bodies weren't built that way. Our minds aren't always built that way. Um, so thank you for people like Dr. Alex showing up um, and let her story and her example, her vulnerability and sharing with all of us be just this light to anyone who's in practice who is like, I hate this. I cannot keep doing this. There's got to be another way. Or for the students who are like, all I'm hearing from my professors is that if I see 25 people a week, I will never pay back my student loans and I will be a failure. Let her speak truth into all those people. Um, in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, people. Here is another interview with an amazing female doc um, answering one of your questions. P.S. If you have a question that you want answered on the show, you can either go to our website, sheslacepodcast.com and submit it, or you can take a risk and send me a DM. Not going to lie. One of those is a way more organized system than the others. I get a lot of DMs. I love you all. Enjoy this conversation. Okay, so one of the things I should ask you, and I'm trying to get better about doing this right away in the beginning of each interview, because inevitably it comes out. Have you heard of the Enneagram? And do you know yes. what your Enneagram is? Well, I suppose okay. you listen to the show. Yes. So like you haven't, yeah. So what do you think you are? So I am a seven. Oh, I love seven. Yes, I'm a seven. And it's, it's kind of interesting. And when I first took the Enneagram, I had listened to a podcast talking about... Um, your personality test and how to take a personality test. And there's this, this guru or something, I don't remember what his name is, but he was talking about how you should take it with like 
imagine you have no responsibilities, like no kids, no family, mm-hmm. you have all the money in the world, answer the questions like that. And so when I first took it, I was a three. And then when I took it again, I was a seven. And so and threes are often mistyped. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So you took it a second time and you were a seven. Yes. And I was a seven. And so I, based on, uh, I've read some of his literature, he's like, people will be socialized to a personality group, mm-hmm. but they're, that may not be like their nature. And that's why people get mistyped often. And I was well, like, well, really socialized to a three because yeah. I didn't have any responsibility. I would not answer questions <laughs> the same way. Right. So here's the deal too, is that sevens and three get mistyped a lot because they're constant um, looking for like the next thing, like the next fun thing. And neither one of them wants to feel emotions. So I'm a three. Uh, I like to joke that I identify more as a seven, but I am so a three. Um, So I've had to look into Because I was like, maybe I'm mistyped. Maybe I am a seven. Here is one of the defining differences, questions between whether you're a three or seven. All right. So you and your husband, are you married? Yes. Okay. (laughs) You and your partner of some sort is um, on a luxury, bougie ass Mediterranean cruise. Uh They tell you you're not allowed to take pictures like, or share pictures on social media the entire time. Do you, so you can maybe take pictures for your own personal use, but you're not allowed to share anything on social media. Does your heart go into a little bit of panic or are you like, oh, I don't care? I, that's actually like relief. I'm like, oh, good. Like, you are not a three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you still could be a three, but like typically, yeah. so when I read that, I was like, oh, damn, I would like, panic um I was just at a like really nice um spa in Wisconsin it's like one of the best spas and it was great and the whole time it wasn't that I needed my phone because I needed to be reachable it wasn't that I needed my phone because I needed to check my email or check the news updates or how many COVID what's COVID do um I wanted my phone because I wanted to be able to like take Insta stories and like pictures and stuff. And they were like, no phones. And I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. I'm fine. I'm fine. Cause I'm a normal person, not addicted to sharing. So, all right. Sorry. Uh, so we should probably start then, huh? So welcome <laughs> to the show, Dr. Alex. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I am very glad to have you on for this question that I'll read in just a sec, because, you know, I love answering questions from people. The whole reason I started the podcast was because I missed what back when I was coaching, um, like for a big group, like answering people's questions of like, I think I just got the greatest advice. I don't know. ever. So I'm like, here's what you got to do. But when I, there are some times where I get questions and I'm like, I don't know how to go about that because I just have nowhere that I can relate. Um, Another question that I get that I need to find somebody to come on and answer is like, it's along the lines of like, I really just want to be part-time and be with my kids the other part-time. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know how to answer that because I like working. I like my kids, but I like them at night times and weekends. So this question was about boutique practices. Uh is like we'll get into it it's like this cool new word like this new definition that I don't know if people understand but so I'm gonna read and then we can get into it all right cool 
Okay, so it says, hey, Dr. Lauren, I'm currently an associate and looking to start my own in the next couple of years and keep hearing about boutique practices. I know you've said you run a high volume practice, so maybe you don't know much about them, but I had a couple questions. Like, first off, what makes a practice boutique? It's a great question. I, that, you know. um, is it because they're all cash, all women, appointment type? Time, oh, time, appointment time. And honestly, every time I've talked to a doctor who's doing it, I feel like their husband makes most of the money for the family. And then I'm like, okay, cool, not my situation. I'm a single income over here. Right now I make around 70,000 at my clinic, which is just cushy enough not to want to leave. But I also want to own my own and wish I could spend more time with patients. But I don't know if it's realistic to make enough money to pay loans and support myself with a boutique style practice. Thank you so much. I love your show, Dr. Stephanie. So. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of questions in here. Um, I'll, my job as host will be to make sure we do an accurate job at answering this. But before I kind of like let you go with maybe defining like what, where did the idea of boutique practices like that name come from and what does it really mean? Um, I will point out that you and I had this conversation. You and I had, I gave you a couple precursors when yeah. I was like, okay, so here's the deal. One, no shaming of high volume, um, you know, I love that one of the things that I think women in this profession are doing is that we are changing the idea of what success looks like. Yes. We are changing that. It doesn't always come down to a bottom line financially. It comes down to mental health. It comes to work-life balance sometimes, but though sometimes for us, we do want success and what I feel are like financial success. And I feel like we have been force fed this more Patience is the only way that you can have an impressive bottom dollar and like you should be boastful. And they're so like, although I am a high volume clinic, I don't even know what the heck high volume, like where did that term come from? Who made that? Probably some guy. Um, I don't even know what the definition is. Maybe I'm not high volume, but like we're a cash pediatric full on love our patients but we spend like three minutes typically with an adjustment and we've got systems and procedures in place. I'll do a whole show later people on like how we do that. Because when I say that, everyone's like, wait, how the heck do you do that and still connect without people feeling like a revolving door? That's a different episode. But today I do want to talk about this. The other thing I told you was I'm going to ask details because that is like, kind of like Dr. Stephanie brings up, there's like all this like vagueness of like, oh, I only, I, you know, so I, I warned you of like, be prepared. I want to ask. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, all right. So let's start with what is a boutique clinic in your definition? Yeah. So I, when I was deciding to use this term and learning about this term, I did a lot of research and I kind of picked it up from um, some public floor PTs and some birth centers and were like, have your boutique birth. And I was like, I love that feeling. I love their spaces. And so I actually have been asking this question in several different Facebook groups for a couple of years and to get what people's ideas are and to kind of formulate my own idea of what that means. I think there's two aspects to boutique business. There's when you hear the word boutique that people I usually go to first is like the aesthetic side of it. And then there's the functional side. And so the aesthetic side of a boutique practice is one that has that, that feeling of like you're in a small space. It's like very well decorated. Usually it's kind of bougie. Um, 
all those things. But the cool, the thing about aesthetic is that it, it doesn't, you don't have to have the aesthetic of what looks like or what you would think a boutique looks like to have a boutique practice in the functional sense. And there's a lot of high volume practices that don't really function like a boutique practice that have that like boutique atmosphere. So that's one kind of side of it that I like to kind of dispel before talking about the functional side of it, because yeah, like you're going for, cause yeah, there's not a lot of businesses that there's a lot of businesses who don't care about the aesthetic or the vibe. Like they think that the only part of a patient's experience or a customer's experience is the goods. And yeah. it's like, so I, if I hear what you're saying, it's kind of like when you're calling yourself a boutique practice, it's you've taken into consideration the ex overall experience of that patient from the moment they interact with your thing and like, really focused on that vibe that you want from them. So for a clinic, it may be playful. For another clinic, it may be like zen and spa and calm. Another may be like glam or whatever, but like bohemian. But like you've really thought about the vibe. Is that, would you agree with that? Yes, yes. So there's there's that part of the definition is that like that aesthetic, the feel of the practice. And then there the other side of it is the functional side of it. So that's um, where a lot of the questions are coming from, like, is it high volume, low volume? What does that mean? And so from what I've determined working with chiros and PTs, what a boutique practice to me, the definition of that is, is one that is low volume for chiropractors. That's at most 75 patients a week, but I'm thinking closer to like 50. I only see 30. Oh my gosh. A week. This is amazing. And I, I, I'm not going to do the spoiler alert for like your financial situation later, but like my mind is like, wait, what? Okay. That's, that's awesome. That is so good for your body long-term, but okay, great. Yeah, so that's, that's um like for a Kairos PTs usually are like 20. Cause, and I, and that leads into like the next question of like how much time are you spending with patients for Kairos that can be anywhere. It really depends on a couple of things. And that kind of answers this why you might want a boutique practice. And one of the reasons someone might want one or to grow one is because of their technique. Maybe they want to spend 20 to 30 minutes with a patient or longer. I know um, in the boutique practices that I've been in with PTs, it's usually like an hour long visit. So there's no way they're seeing more than 40 people a week because they're spending at least an hour with each patient. Um, I spend 20 to 30 minutes with each patient, except for exams. Those are about an hour and a, to a little bit longer than that sometimes. Um, but typically- it's just like drinking coffee, talking about- <laughs> No. You told me, Lauren, you need to go spend 60 minutes on a new patient exam. And I had like paperwork filled out. I'd be like, I would talk probably about the Enneagram for a solid 15 minutes. And then uh, <laughs> in the final 20 minutes, I'd be like, oh, so we should probably get down to business now, right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and that's kind of part the part of it too. It's a boutique. You want to make sure, and I think you do this in any practice, but make sure the patient is the right fit, but specifically for me and what I think a lot of other boutique practices is it's a lot about the patient energy. So I am, how do I say it? Um, I'm an empath. So that's what I was looking for. I'm very, very empathic in my ability to see a lot of people without it really draining on me and really putting my best effort in is like, not that like I can't see that many people um and I know that's part of like my personality a lot of it's also I'm only three years into practice so I'm learning 
Um, did how to you connect with start people. with this style or do we, what were you doing before your practice or did you? Well, I was in a high volume practice. It was, I associated in one and I went to a franchise and that like is where my chiropractic soul went to die. Um, that's kind of how this was born. I'm sure there are really good franchises out there, but um, it just wasn't, yeah, it wasn't for me. I, let me just say there that. We like, go. It wasn't for me. Yeah. Like, I know there are people who thrive in those practices, um, but for me as an empath, I was like, I could not really connect. And um, in my like initial visits, I spent an hour with them. We talk about, really like interview the person to see, can I really help you to the best of my, do I really feel like I can help you meet the transformation you're looking for? And what are the other things below the subluxation? Like subluxations are caused by three things. So can we get down to some of those root causes? And are those things that I can support you in and provide resources to help you in? So, um, and I, as a boutique practice, I actually turn people away more often. I refer them to people who are looking for what they're looking for. Um, either it's another chiropractor or sometimes I sit down and I talk with someone. I'm like, okay, based on some of the things you're talking about, this is a very like emotionally held pattern. We have to address the emotions because I'm going to adjust you and that's going to help release some of it, but we have to fix that root cause. And so when you're giving, sorry, I, you've listened enough, you know, I have ADHD. So like, when okay, if you are having that conversation with a patient, when you so as a part of your care, like the 20 to 30 minute appointment, like talking to them about like helping them through some of this emotional stuff. Yeah. So I do okay. some emotional technique. Um, I also I I start, I'm more of like a prenatal, I'm a prenatal, perinatal chiropractor. Um, I specialize in VBAC. I had a VBAC, so a lot of moms come in and it's the adjustments are so um, like to have to have time to hold space for those visits. Mm -hmm. I get chills just thinking about it right now. Like um, for me, having experienced that, knowing what a mom is going through or what I went through and being able to empathize with that. And really we do a lot of C-section scar release. We do a lot of different things, having the time to not feel rush through it and let them process that and talk about the emotional. And we also talk about the, the, the physical, obviously the, the, what they came for is chiropractic character. And then, um, toxin too. So we talk about not just like physical toxins, but like, what are some toxin things, toxic things in your environment that may be like spiritual, emotional things that are draining you and how do we address those things or what kind of, a lot of times I work with a counselor, um, or refer to a counselor and co-treat with a physical therapist as well. A lot of, I have a pelvic floor PT who's around the corner from me in the same space and we co-manage patients. And so it's the goal is to be for really inclusive, uh, like wrap them in services in my practice. And so I feel like for me, in order to really give people space, I need that amount of time. Yep. Okay. So a couple questions. Like, first of all, that just sounds absolutely wonderful from the patient perspective. Like, oh, um, okay. So question one is, are you like blended with insurance and cash or? I am cash only. Okay. In, in, in your like air quotes research, because you said you've been asking this questions on groups for a while. Oh, I saw no, that's research. Um, is that like kind of a can you be boutique and insurance based? 
mean, I guess you could. I haven't met. I don't think I've talked to anybody who is. I think one big aspect of boutique practice is that you are have a really high. Um, I just lost the word. <laughs> a really high profit oh. to. What am I talking Profit to revenue? Like an OVA. Margin. That's the word. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. A really high profit margin. And so um, if you have a high profit margin, you have to factor in like how much time are you spending on billing? And if you're doing it yourself, that's more time that, you know, you're taking away from the other things that you may be wanting to do or you're having somebody else do. Uh, and quite often, a lot of the services in a boutique practice aren't covered. So I... Um, you know, I do a lot of soft tissue work. Yeah. So I'm not going to get like the adjustment and soft tissue covered. Um, and actually like all the things that I do, I do some cr craniosacral work. A lot of those things that I offer. Yeah. I'm paid back. yeah. So, so then, then that leads me to my next question. Um, as far as like OVA for non anybody listening, like office visit average. So if I'm a new patient and I am pregnant, um, are you talking to me about an all-inclusive price of like, okay, so let's say I'm 20 weeks pregnant. Yeah. Are you giving me like an all-inclusive price or is it like this is a price per adjustment depending or price per visit depending on what we do? Can you talk a little bit about how you do the financial aspect of things? Yeah. I so I do the numbers. Yeah. I have an all-inclusive price. Okay. Um, I don't know the like with podcast how legal it is or not. I know in Texas we can't talk about our prices, so like my board would be like, "Don't say that um, out loud." Um, but I will say that my visits are um, three digits, three okay. digits, um, definitely higher than a majority of the practices in the mm -hmm. area. Um, and so, um, I it's my visits are all just like whatever we do in that time is what we do. Yeah. Um, I also am a childbirth educator. So sometimes like that talking is not just like the emotional side of things. Moms are asking me like every single question, like when is my service going to dilate and da, 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 and like all the questions that they may should be asking their doula. I kind of serve as like a micro, I, like I feel like a doula in a lot of ways um, because I, I open myself up to the questions in the, in the space and the time. So um so it could be childbirth education. It could be physical. It could be yep. all kinds of things. And you're so, not like nitpicking like, oh, I did massage on your calves today yeah. for 10 minutes. So that's, yeah. And Which so I do, that's how I would recommend doing. <laughs> and I do an all-inclusive package too. So when I write a care plan for a new patient, um, especially like pregnant patients, it includes through your pregnancy and then the four, for fourth trimester. So all the way through the fourth Probably. trimester. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm assuming those are four digit or five digit care plans that people are like, if they're early on in pregnancy. Yeah. So four, typically four digits. I do have a program um, that is in the five digit range and that's a, it's a six, nine, six to nine month long prep for your pregnancy or postpartum like recovery for that mom who's a year to two out. And she's like, you know what? I realized I haven't been taking care of myself. I want to feel better in my own body again. And I'm also, so I, I kind of like a lot of different things. Um, I'm a strength coach, a strength conditioning coach, personal trainer before I became a chiropractor. So I have moms and I have a space that's like a gym space we're building in our new office that they want I'm doing chiropractic. I've got PT next door 
And then they won't, when we get through like the recovery part of things and want to start doing fitness, we've got fitness and we've got a full, like they're getting personal training along with their package. We talk about nutrition. Um, there's an online course that they take on mindset that I've created. So it's, it's like a lot of stuff. It's like a transformation, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand then why it's like your preference is in the 30 ish per week, because like, that's a lot of, um, that's a lot. That's a lot in an awesome way, but like, yeah, you're doing some work. No, I couldn't do that with too too many people. I actually only take uh, about four to five clients in that big package at a time, because it is a lot of outside of the, you know, outside of the visits programming their, their, their workouts and, Mm -hmm. um, going over nutrition with them. Um, I don't do the functional medicine myself. The PT that I work with does functional medicine, but for some moms, we include that. We're like, okay, we got to clean. Like it's a, it's a whole, um, like I said, I like to wrap my patients in services. Somebody who's looking for a one place to get all the things that they're looking for to turn their health around kind of program. Okay. I have another question. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, do you like say, okay, goodbye to people? then like, all right, you said, cause you said a lot of your stuff, you do a lot of prenatal perinatal. Do you go like, and you said through the fourth trimester. So are you like, all right, goodbye. So no, so yeah, no, I think my patients, they graduate into wellness and I talk about it from the very beginning as like, this is a choice um, to continue care, a choice for you to continue on the path that you're going. Um, and so no, I don't, I don't say goodbye. We still continue with wellness care. Typically, um, it really depends on how the birth goes. Some moms, if it's a C-section that wasn't planned, they need a little more support even before they're tra- like transitioned into this wellness state. Um, but we do, I still see people on a wellness basis. Okay. So like, and how long has your practice been open now? So that's a good question. So I opened originally in 2019 and I went, or no, yeah, 20, January, 2019. And then I closed it in October of 2019 because I was pregnant. And another reason I went, you know, really went for the boutique practices. I could not physically adjust people. I was about six months, no, seven months, six months pregnant. I couldn't adjust people. I was like passing out. Um, and it was like with a like activator, it wouldn't matter. I don't know. It was like an energy thing. I was having a vagal response every time I would put my hands on somebody. Oh, it was so weird. I've never figured out what it was. I've asked, talked to several chiropractors and neurologists and all kinds of like, I think you need to talk to some Reiki people, girl. Yeah, I think you need to I, go a little more spiritual woo woo for that one. But, and it was really interesting. Um, it was like after I had my VBAC, my whole, like so many things changed and that's another, you know, kind of story there, but I just, I couldn't adjust people. And so when I wanted, when I decided to reopen my practice, I opened in June of 2020, rebranded, redid June of 2020? Yes. June of 2020, rebranded, did everything, um, came back with a ferocity, but realizing like, I'm not going to put myself in a place where I have to close my practice because I'm pushing myself too hard. And I'm going to respect and honor my own boundaries and, and my values around health, because who's going to listen to somebody who's not doing the same thing for themselves. 
And that's what I started to notice, like in October, when I closed, I was like, my patients, they, you know, I give them recommendations, they don't follow the recommendations. And I, you know, one of the things I sat down, I was like, you know what, I'm not really taking great care of myself. I'm pushing myself, my body is telling me everything, you know, to do the opposite. And so when I reopened, it was, you know, having that, um, I guess integrity is the big, really big word there is making sure that I'm always in alignment with or of trying to be in alignment with my own values and virtues before seeing anybody else before trying to help anybody else, like put your own mask on first. Um, Okay. Um, I have another question. (laughs) So I, and so maybe you're already dealing with this and you know the answer, or maybe this is coming three to nine months from now, but um, you are providing an amazing service. And you're going to have people who are like, yeah, I will pay you three digits for every adjustment. No problem. I love this. Uh, You're not getting rid of me. Okay. So eventually with time, you're going to be in a situation where your schedule is full Mm -hmm. of these 30 minute appointments. Okay. And they're all wellness and graduating and like, are you going to then go, I am not taking any more new patients and like go to a wait list until somebody drops off and there's space for another person? Kind or of. be like, well, I can maybe see 40 people. Okay, I can maybe do 50. All right, I can squeeze in 60. So I am, that's a really good question. I'm going to do a combination of the both of the two. So when I started, I started out at only seeing 15 people a week because I was six months postpartum and still trying to heal. And it was COVID and it was all the craziness going on. And so I've slowly been increasing my volume. I will be increasing my volume some more, but I'm taking it with time, like how my body responds to it. I probably won't go any higher than 50 patients a week. Mm -hmm. Um, right now I'm at about 30. So I will cap it at 50 as long as my body feels up to it. As long as I feel like I'm still able to provide the quality of service that I have been consistently doing. So if, you know, I have more people, but I'm not ready to make that volume change then I will put people on a wait list. And then, but I, I try to increase my volume a little too fast this fall and very quickly started feeling not so well again. And so I was like, no, 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 no got to go back, take care of myself and make sure everything is good to go. Yeah. Um, let's talk about overhead slash profitability because you um, mentioned that like kind of one of the keys is that low or that high profit margin. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you really take into consideration when you're like, do you have a front desk person? You said you're building a new clinic. How many square feet is it? Like how, what kind of things do you do to keep that profit margin high? Yes. So right now, so this practice that I've been in, I have two locations. The first one's actually my house. So I opened that in, I guess technically soft opened that in April of last year. Again, um, Cause my my space closed. I was in, I was supposed to move into a Pilates studio and they closed and I was just going to be in a room in a Pilates studio and they closed. I was like, okay, so what do I do now? So I opened, I have like this huge living room. So I was like, Oh, let's just throw the table in there and see people there. 
And then in June, I open in a one room space in a birth center. So I do not have an off. I don't have a front desk person. The birth center has a reception area and she has, um, there is a reception person there, but she doesn't, um, she doesn't work for me. She doesn't, other than telling people, people like, yeah, go ahead and have a seat to be with you. Um, that's about the extent of, of that. Um, I did have a virtual assistant for a little bit. I'm looking for a new virtual assistant and just wasn't working for her family and the hours and things like that. But um, so it's really keeping it low is having that one room. Uh, if I'm doing 30 minute appointments, I don't really need a big reception area or, or place right. where people wait. I don't need a receptionist because I can keep track of that on my own. Um, like I said, I had a virtual assistant. Essentially what she would do is, um, you know, send people text reminders and like little logistical things like that a few hours a week, yeah. uh, as well as some, um, she also started scraping for me for a little bit. Um, and then how really you like room? my room is 150 square feet. So it's my table. It's a like chair. 10 by 15 ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's my table. It's a couple of chairs, my desk and like a bookshelf and that's it. Okay. Um, very decorated nicely. Yep. But that's really all the space that we need to do all the things we need to do. And you said um, you're moving into a new practice? Yes. So I'll keep my birth center office. And then my home office is moving out of the house because it's my kids are kind of getting a little too big for that to continue to be fun. So <laughs> um, we are opening a new space. My husband is also a chiropractor. He actually just um, finished up an associate position. He's a stay-at-home dad right now which is awesome uh, as we do this build out and as we get started. And he will also have a small boutique style practice. Um, he will be focusing on dads um, and helping dads who like have like the high school injuries or the, the sports is injuries. Like super innovative or is, is this type of thing happening? Like, are there, cause like when I think boutique practice, well, obviously because of the name, he's going to have to come up with a different name besides boutique. Um, we'll figure it out. We'll, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like when I think of this, all my brain goes to is like, oh, women, because we want the emotional support. Yeah. When I think what a boutique male practice is like is, I guess, more like PT, physical therapy, yeah. Yeah. So, them, stuff like that, stretching. So yeah. So he, um, he's very much. <clears throat> He wants to really what we did is we said, who, like, what kind of care do we want to receive? So my husband's uh, like high school collegiate athlete had injuries. He's like, I'm 30 something years old. Now these injuries are starting to bug, bother me. And how many dads are out there? Like my shoulder's killing me. My back's killing me. I can't do the things I want to do now. I've got this dad bod and you know, I don't know how to put it together, like to support myself to be. And I don't want my, my sons to have the same issue either. And so, um, that's what his, his concept is around really focusing on like the weekend warrior, the dad who wants to keep being, you know, as fit and active as he can. Um, and so it's very, we're all, uh, we're very brain based as well. We have a, a brain scan that we, a brain tap. I don't know if you've heard of brain tap, um, I heard of it. that we scan. And so that's also a big part of our, our care plans. And so, um, really like focusing on parents. I focus on the moms. He focuses on the dads and he's going to use you guys be into the same space. Yes. We'll be in the same space. Okay. And it's about, it's about a thousand weird details about that. Okay. So he's got his boutique practice. Yeah. You've got yours. 
Uh Obviously, there's not going to be any co-sharing of patients, right? Probably. uh, I don't know. I do see a few dads right now, so they may migrate over to Paul. I don't know. But in general, you're going to have your own patients. Um, You're going to like share a waiting room? Because like I just picture... We talked about how the aesthetic is so important in this. And it's like, okay, well, a man boutique practice is not going to make, is not a female boutique practice. So like, how are you? So we're trying, our goal is to keep it very clean. And so my birth center is very, very feminine, my birth center office. Um, But this space is going to be like, the colors are like blue and blue and gold and white. And so, um, the goal is to keep it fairly neutral. Mm-hmm. Like Apple is fairly neutral. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, I wouldn't call Apple a boutique, but it kind of gives you that same yes. feel. So trying to keep it like very neutral in that way, um, he will be doing a lot. He's also a strength conditioning coach. So focusing on, in on that. So we'll have like a, we'll have a private room and office space for adjusting consultations and things like that. And then we'll have an open area. That's a gym, like, a it's like a boutique gym essentially a micro personal training suite um so he does soft tissue he does functional patterns um and he'll there's my son (laughs) he'll incorporate all of that into his practice and so we'll kind of blend in and out of the same spaces we'll use the same spaces practice very similarly we just have different ideal patients yeah okay i can see how that um I can definitely see how that would blend well together. Yeah. That's very cool. Okay, hold on. Did we have a question. Were we answering this question? <laughs> um, okay, so one of the things is, I mean, we kind of started talking about money. I know you're not allowed to say how much, um, but like you did say that he's stay-at-home dadding. So right now, your income is 100% floating yeah. Yeah. So the, like I said, the cool thing about a boutique practice and really I'm a part-time boutique practice. I work 16 hours a week um, is when you find the right people and you really market to the right person and you have, you have the, the uh, values for your services as they are that are commensurate for what you're offering. You can do that when you have a, a low overhead. So I'll just throw some numbers out there to make it less vague for people. So, um, my overhead is about $4,000 a month. Um, that's including everything. Then my, and that's including like my personal development coach, everything. So my overhead is about $4,000 a month. Um, my revenue floats around 10 to 15, Mm -hmm. 15 on a good month. So once you take taxes out of there, I'm taking home you know, about as much as most associates working 16 hours a week. So to the person who's like, can I do that? And like, I'm a one person income. Well, easily, like if you don't want to work more than 16 hours a week, yeah, you can make six figures. If you keep your overhead low um, and you offer a service at a fee that is fair for what you're offering. So I think the biggest thing that I see, and I've talked to other practitioners who have similar, like really low volume practices is it's like, well, I can't make enough money to support myself or da, 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 da. well, a lot of times I, I personally feel like the fees are not high enough. If you're with somebody people for 30 minutes, people, we carry our own, like yeah. contractors are not rare in this, but like we come out with this debt uh-huh. mindset that like, 
people are not going to pay for this. Like people, you know, they would never. And yeah. And I, I mean, I've seen, I've talked to a few people they are making less than a massage therapist per hour, like revenue, not just what they're taking home, but revenue. Like if you're doing 30 minute appointments, girl, you can't, you can't charge them $45. I mean, you, you pay a lot more at massage envy. So, um, I think that's a really big key. If somebody wants to go into a low volume or part-time or boutique, however, all three, which is kind of what I'm doing, um, you have to make sure that your fees are commensurate to what you're providing and be comfortable with that. And I honestly will say, I did not start out that comfortable with that. I knew I, I started out charging a little bit more than people around me. And then I was like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> And I had this like, kind of like come to Jesus moment with myself. I was like, okay, I was a personal trainer before I became a chiropractor. And I looked around for personal training jobs at my level and I was getting offered $80 an hour to personal train people. Like just me being paid that, not like my over, I haven't included overhead or anything like that. I was like, okay, so why as a chiropractor, would I be okay with only making a hundred dollars an hour revenue, not even like taking it home. And that's when I was like, oh, that was like a huge gut check. I was like, there's no way in heck five to six years ago, I feel like I didn't know anything like comparing myself to where I am now. I think, I mean, I knew stuff, but as a chiropractor, I know a lot more stuff and can help people at a lot deeper level than I could as a strength coach or personal training, um, as a personal trainer. And so well, like, and as someone who's had a back and that like, all of that education and like that niche. Um, so one of the questions that kind of like popped into my head while you were talking was, or like the thoughts was, well, this would never work in a small town. Like, you know, she's in just the right suburb of the right town. And although I, I, I would love to hear if you agree with that, but then my brain kept going as you're talking. Sorry, I was listening. I promise. I just ADHD. Um, and I was like, well, hold up. So in my town, so small town off, often comes with lower overhead. So it would not be crazy at all for me to have a $2,000 a month overhead, maybe even 1500 mm-hmm. maybe even a thousand. Um, and then like, okay. So maybe I couldn't charge 250 ish dollars an hour. Are your prices higher? Like in that a little higher. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I couldn't get away with charging 250 for a half hour, but like I could get I could if I delivered great service, which is what you're doing, I could probably get away with 175 and I bet you I could find 30 people in my town of, or my, you know, county of 44,000 that would go, oh, you're doing all of that. And you're a doctor and you're doing this. Like, yeah, I'll pay you 175. And, you know, like, yeah. so like, I would imagine that, yeah, you make your prices. You're going to find there's going to be people. Yeah. And that's you don't so- need a hundred people to say yes. You don't no. need 300 people to say yes. You, yeah. You need your core people. And yeah, and, and the other thing is too, is when it's a little volume, you're not having to, um, you're still marketing. Yeah, so I'm definitely still marketing, but the new, number of new patients I'm seeing a month is a lot lower, like that pressure to have a new patient. People are like, I'll have, you know, one or two people graduate onto wellness, which means I'm seeing them maybe once every two weeks, depending on the person. Some people are once a month, if that's what 
that feels right for their system and their body, which frees up a lot of time in my calendar for the next person. And so I can, you know, grow people, like move people through. But for sure, there's, um, I think about my, my family, my in-laws back in Nebraska and Nebraska is the second most populated state for chiropractors per capita. Oh, really? They drive two hours. South Dakota. (laughs) South Dakota? Yeah. I think it's because there's not that many people, but also Nebraska is like around, like there's the four chiropractic colleges that are like around Nebraska. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why it's like that. Um, It's like, I I don't know how people do screenings there because you ask people like, who's your chiropractor? They actually have an answer for you. But anyways, um, they, they drive to Kansas. They drive two hours to Kansas to go get adjusted because that's their guy. Like that's the person that they started to see when they, when he was where, you know, living in Nebraska, he moved to Kansas. They still drive to Like, so you got to include the time and energy to do that. The gas plus the fee. Um, Cause that's, the, I mean, that's their guy. And people are, will be willing to do that. If you're in a small town, you, you may not see just people in your small town. You may be having people travel to come see you. Well, and so, okay. So brain going while you're talking, going like, I have like patients. So we're town 9,000, but there's a town of a whopping like 100,000, 45 minutes away. Um, and then we have Minneapolis, which is, I don't know how big Minneapolis is. It's Minneapolis. That's two hours away. Well, an hour and a half even from one of our clinics. And I'm going like, we lose wellness patients who love us all the time because they move into a bigger city. And I'm thinking, as you're saying this, like, these jerks of my patients, they wouldn't drive two hours to see me but their appointments are three minutes and I can have a jazzy personality, but like you don't drive two hours for like, that was a really amazing adjustment, Lauren. Thank you. I will now return to my car and drive back four hours for the, you know, like, so, so yeah, when your appointment time is longer, people are like, well, yeah, it's, but it's, where are you going to find that around? So that is okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, did we do a good job? I think we answered this pretty damn good. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for people who want more from you, like, are you okay with people reaching out with questions and like, yeah, for sure. people want more, like, how do they find you? How do they get more information? Yeah. So I'm on all the social media. Um, I take it back. I'm not on Twitter, but, um, they can check me out on Instagram. So the easiest way my handle is Dr. Like Dr. Dot mama, M a M a dot bird. So Dr. Mama bird. Um, when you go there, you can connect with me there, drop into my DMS. Um, but I also have a, a campsite link there that will, uh, share some more information with you. I actually have a course to teach chiropractors and PTs, how to start earning a consistent 8K a month in their low volume boutique style practice. So that's just a place to get started. Um, and it can go wherever you want from there. Um, but the goal is to, my, my mission is to help more chiropractors realize that whatever practice is right for them is the right practice for them. Like you're here on this planet for a reason. God designed you and created you and gave you the opportunities for the experiences that you've had for a reason. And so if what you have been modeled or you've seen so far, isn't the right fit, that doesn't mean that you're not the right fit for chiropractic. And I, when I first started this journey, I kind of felt like, Oh, like I couldn't hack it. Like I was like, Mm -hmm. and I, 
talked to a lot of people who have felt that way. Um, and you see it in Facebook groups a lot. People will say, you know, what would you tell yourself if you were young? And they say, well, don't go to chiropractic school because, you know, there's just so much shame and issue. Like there's just so much mess. We're kind of subluxated in our own profession. Um, and so yes. <laughs> my, my mission is to show people who have a heart to serve that they can serve and a style and a fashion that they were here for. Cause they're, if you're here to serve, there's people for you to serve. Um, and so by not showing up and being your authentic self, you're not serving the way and the people that you should be here for. Um, so just to give, give other practitioners and, you know, I really focus on moms, but guys too, like whatever it is that you feel like you were supposed to do, if that means it's in a low volume boutique style practice, I'm here. I would love to show you how to do that. So that way you can be successful and you can, you know, feel good about what you're doing, not just with the patients, not just martyring yourself financially, but also like taking home some money, paying those student loans off, not feeling like, I mean, like I felt like a loser. That's what I felt like. I don't want anybody else to feel like a loser. Well, we can't do it the way it so you do feel like loser, not you, but like we, that's what we do. We're like, you would never, like, you know, we're all just about like how many patients do you see a week? How many patients do you see a week? I mean, can you imagine one being like, I see 20, like people would instantly just be like, what is wrong with you? You must be terrible. You must, you must wish you saw a hundred. You must wish. And it's like, it's just this whole, like blowing up the system and being like, Hey, guess what? There's a completely different way you, I mean, mic drop that to that, what you just, all of that you just said, because I know um, I'm involved with the Women Chiropractors Association and they just, some of the conversations that I've had with the president and the board about like, we got women. Okay. We have chiropractors in general. Yes. Male and female, but like they're the Women Chiropractic Association. And they're like, we got women who their body is telling them, I can't do this. And so they're leaving the profession to go work at a bank and collect $42,000 a year. We've got women who, you know, had birth experiences or want to be with their kids, but they don't know how they can even remotely do 15 hours a week. And, you know, like it is, I love it. I love what you are doing. Um, I don't have the attention span to spend 30 minutes with somebody, but, but you know what? I should stop saying that because here I am. Look at, we've been on here for 45 minutes together. Um, but no, just like, I am so happy that chiropractors like you exist, um, just to like kind of blow up the system. I love it. So thank you. I have one thing I almost forgot. I wanted to share that if you're thinking that you want to practice and maybe you do want a high volume practice, but not right now. This can also be seasonal. I feel like a lot of women, they want to have their families and they want to work part time and they want to do the things, but they know they want to have a high volume practice. That doesn't mean that you can't have a high volume practice. Maybe that just means right now you are low volume. Right now you are giving yourself the space and the time to grow a baby in a healthy place and then to nurse that baby. Like I, I tandem nursed for a while and I was like, I had overproduction issues. So I was like on a pump all the time. Anyways, long story short, um, it can be just for a season. I am opening myself up to continue to learn more. And I don't know if this is the style of practice I'll have forever. 
it may change. I'm my seasons will, you know, seasons will change. My kids will get bigger. Things may change. And I may say, Hey, you know, I feel really good in my system. I've learned how to do some things differently. And I feel good about seeing 60 people, 70 people, maybe in a decade, that's where I'll be at. Or maybe it'll be the opposite. Maybe I'll be like, you know what? I want to go down to 10 or 15. I don't know where God's going to lead me. I just know that this is where we are right now. And I want mamas or chiropractors in general to be okay with where you are right now. Cause it's about the journey, not the destination. So Dr. Alex, you're great. great. <laughs> Thanks for showing up at sliding up in my DMS girl. <laughs> All right. So she slayers, um, go follow her on social media, reach out with questions. Um, or if you're a student, like just please go shadow a, a boutique practice and see, go shadow someone who's happy though, who's not just calling themselves a boutique practice because they're sad that their numbers aren't imp- quote unquote yeah. impressive to other people. Like, so like do yourself right. Um, you're in Dallas, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So go, go visit Dr. Alex, do something. Um, but yeah, until next week, she slayers. Bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.